I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. And I will heal their land. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In Psalm 141, verse 2, the psalmist writes, May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. James 5.16 says, The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. What I want to share with you this morning is the story of a character in the Bible, but it's a difficult scripture. Sometimes we run across passages and scriptures that, that don't make much sense or that are hard to understand. They seem tough. And so I, I, I hope that this morning we will get a, a sense that, that, that what we look at will help us to reconcile some of these difficult passages, particularly those that seem to be violent. And we will see that it is not always as it appears. There's a, an, an individual, a man in the Bible, that doesn't get a whole lot of attention. He's relatively unknown except for this one thing that he does. But because of what he does, God makes him a priest and gives him a covenant of peace. Pincus, or Phineas in some translations, I'll just call him Phineas from here on out. Phineas is a character that, that we don't read anything about until this point in time. And what's going on in the scriptures here in Numbers chapter 25 is that Israel has been struck with a plague, a virus, and it has killed thousands upon thousands. But this plague is caused by two individuals who have cursed God's name. Now, the last time I spoke, just a couple of weeks ago, I touched on just a little bit about the, the power that is in words. It's something that we all know but I think more or less it's more of a hidden knowledge. It's more head knowledge than it is uh, heart knowledge. We need to get, get that information, that knowledge into our heart, into our consciousness. Our words can be positive, they can be negative, they can create a positive atmosphere or a negative atmosphere. Just a few chapters before this, Miriam is struck with leprosy because of her words. And then right after that, what I taught on a couple of weeks ago, 10 out of the 12 men that went out to look over the promised land, they came back and gave a negative report. And it got all of Israel in an uproar. They were started talking about how it would have been better had they stayed in Egypt because now they were going to die in the wilderness. And God says, you people have tested me Ten times now. So the very thing that you said was going to happen, that's going to happen with you. That's powerful. We just let that sink in a minute. God tells the Israelites what you said was going to happen, that's going to happen. But we also read right after that that Moses 
interceded. He stood up for Israel. He intervened and asked God to forgive them. And so God says, because of the words of Moses, I will forgive. So I know it sounds like I'm going off on a tangent here, but it is so extremely, vitally important that we realize the power that is in the words that we speak. So we come through those chapters of reading, learning, being taught about the power of words, and now we find ourselves in this portion called Pincus, where we find the power that just one person can have. So Israel has been plagued. They have a virus and it's killing thousands. And everyone there knows how it came about. Everyone in Israel knows that it's two people that are to blame. But Moses, Aaron, the high priest, Nobody is doing anything about it. They are so wrapped up in the grief of the sin that they can't bring themselves to do anything about this situation except Phineas. Now, as we read the scripture, what we read in Numbers 25 is, is that Phineas stands up and he kills the two people that caused the plague. That's what we read. And when that had been dealt with, when Phineas had intervened, the Bible says that the plague stopped. And because Phineas did what he did, the Bible tells us that God made him a priest. Not just him, but his ancestors following. And he gave him a covenant of peace. Like I say, this is a, a tough scripture. It just doesn't, something about it just doesn't gel. According to Numbers, Phineas killed two people. It stops the plague, and God rewards him by making him a priest. And if we read this, just on face value, if we read it just on the story level or the what they call the Peshat level. It doesn't make any sense. And so when we come upon difficult passages like this, we let the Bible interpret the Bible. And this is a, an important biblical interpretation principle. It was part of the, uh, part of Hillel's rule and Ishmael's rule, and it found its way even in the Reformation, to be part of the Protestant way of understanding Scripture. So that when you come upon a passage that is difficult, you let the Bible interpret itself with an easier Scripture. And at that point, maybe we can gain a better understanding of what's happening. And so in looking at this Scripture... What was it that Phineas really did? Well, Numbers says that he killed the two people that caused the plague. And what was the weapon that he used? Well, Numbers 25, verse 7 says that he used a spear, a javelin, something to be thrown. 
in letting the Bible interpret the Bible, we find something interesting in the book of Psalms. And it gives us an amazing insight into this. In Psalm 106, verse 30, this very story is addressed by David. And he mentions Phineas in this psalm. Psalm 106, verse 30 says, Then Phineas stood up and intervened. And it's that word intervened that we want to look at. And the plague stopped. In other translations, it reads, Phineas interposed, or that he executed judgment. The word that's being translated as intervened or interposed, that word that is used in Hebrew is vafelel. It has two meanings. And what we usually see is the translation of bringing judgment, to intervene, to interpose. But it also has another meaning. The root of this verb means to pray. So the translation's all right. It can mean to execute judgment, so intervene, interpose, bring judgment. Those are all acceptable translations. But the root of this verb means pray, as in the word tefillah. It means to intercede. So what David says, what the psalmist is saying in this psalm is what happened in the situation with Phineas and the plague is that Phineas stood up and he, play, he prayed and the plague stopped. Now if we dig just a little deeper we ask ourselves why does the Bible even go to the bother of saying that Phineas stood up? Well this goes back to a story with Abraham when God was going to destroy a particular city and Abraham pleaded with him. And the Bible says that Abraham went and overlooked the city and he went to the place where he stood with God. And that word stood, stand, means the place that he prayed with God, the place that he interceded. And so we already have a clue just in that alone of what Phineas actually did. But what David says is that Phineas stood up and prayed and the plague stopped. He intervened. He didn't pick up a weapon and kill somebody, but he prayed. He prayed for the two individuals. He attacked what was inside. He prayed for the two individuals. And that stopped the plague because the plague was really a spiritual issue. And so Phineas fought it on a spiritual level. He actually did what he would have seen Aaron do. Because remember the story when Moses went up on the mountain, was given the Ten Commandments, and while he was away, what did the people do? They created this golden calf. Because Moses was late in coming back. And they thought, we need some way to connect with God and so we're going to do so by this golden calf. And they were struck with a plague. And what does Aaron do? He takes the incense burner and he runs about the camps. And everywhere that he stops, the plague stops. Because the incense, like a prayer, rises. It's like the lifting of our hands. 
So Phineas fought this situation in a spiritual way. The psalm gives us the real meaning to the notion of prayer as the ultimate weapon. When we, you know, I've mentioned that the plague was a spiritual weapon. When we read or hear about a word, the word plague, you, you can almost think of it as a code word for Satan taking dominion. It is a spiritual issue. When there was a plague, when someone had a plague, what did the people do? They would distance themselves from those who had the plague. Disassociate yourself, distance yourself from those who walk in, who are afflicted by the plague. Now what's interesting is in this portion, right at the place when we look at the when we look at the Torah and we read this portion, we come to the place that that means plague and there is a space right after that. In the middle of the sentence, there is a gap. And that calls our attention that something is happening here. There's something that God wants us to see. And so in this space, we pause here and we consider what we've taken in so far. We come to this point and we ask ourselves, concerning the plague, what do we need to separate ourselves from? What is, what would be the plague in our life? What do we need to disassociate with? Phineas used the weapon of prayer, a spiritual weapon, to come against the plague. And because he did, now we can see how pure and holy Phineas was and how God could indeed reward him for his actions. That makes a little more sense now, doesn't it? He began praying for the wicked perpetrators that were causing the plague. And this help, helps us to understand some other scriptures, the Psalms, because a lot of times the psalmist We'll write things like uh, Psalm 104, that the sinners be consumed. There, there are psalms that, that Lord, break, my, break, break the enemies, my enemies' teeth, smash in their face. But the psalms don't really say, slay the wicked. It doesn't really say, let the sinners be consumed. But what it says is, is let the sin be consumed. Let the wickedness, not the wicked, but let the wickedness in people be consumed. Nowhere does David say that people should be killed. Many times in the Psalms, we read where David is talking about his enemies and, and what David is praying is that, that he could overcome his real enemy, which are the things that he struggles with inwardly, his pride, his ego, himself, along with the wickedness that is in the heart of those who wish harm upon him. But nowhere does David say 
that he wishes for the death of people. So the weapon Phineas used was prayer. It's a weapon, much like we've heard the word that the word of God, the Bible, is like a double-edged sword. It's a spiritual weapon. Prayer and praying God's word can be a spiritual weapon. Again, with this portion, we still are seeing, getting a glimpse of words having power, but this time in the form of prayer. The power of prayer, the the power that just one person can have. Too many times I have heard the phrase, what one person does affects them and them alone. Well, this pandemic that we are living in has shown us differently. And now scripture shows us differently. One person can be effectual, can affect many. There's a powerful lesson in this as well, that God wants us to know that at times we need nothing more than prayer, turning our hearts to God in the full simplicity of our love to commune and communicate with our Creator and our love for our fellow human beings. God needs nothing more than our need of Him. God wants your heart. God desires your heart. If we give our heart to God in prayer, even just a little bit, then God enters that space that we offer, providing us with purpose, strength, and peace. Phineas put his own life at risk because he cared about everyone else. So to save everyone else, he put his own life at risk because one of these individuals had an entire army behind them. But here we have a connection to our Messiah, to Jesus, because this is what Jesus did on the cross. Messiah will not return to fight a battle. He will not return with weapons. There will not be a single bullet from our Messiah. But our Messiah will come back and he will be victorious by peace and his word and his prayer, the ultimate weapon. I would submit to you that this pandemic that we are experiencing, yes, it is, it is physical. We need to be cautious. We need to be careful. But I would submit to you that, that there is a spiritual issue, that there is a spiritual root to this. Phineas is here to remind us during this time that what we need to do is pray. Pray for individuals. Pray for those that we would consider our enemies. Not rail against them. Not bash them. But to lift them in prayer. Every every revival. I, I have... I've, you know, I've, I've heard from a few people that on the other end of this pandemic, there's going to be a revival. But you know, every revival 
begins with one person praying. This portion today teaches us the importance of prayer, how just one person can affect the lives of many. We have an exceptionally unique, wonderful opportunity to see God at work right now. But we have to be looking through our spiritual eyes to see what God is doing. And we have to pray, giving God our heart, pouring our heart out to Him. And maybe I've poured out a lot to you this morning. But I want you to to, to please don't leave here without knowing this, that this is a time right now that God says, pray. This is a a time, a divinely appointed time to be praying for health, for healing, for restoration of ourselves, of others, of loved ones, of our community, our state, our nation, the entire world. And not just physical healing, but emotional, mental, spiritual healing. You know, we we don't live in a one-dimensional world. We have five senses. There's more than just the physical world. There's a spiritual world around us as well. So sometime through this day, through various times of, of this week and weeks to come, let's be mindful to just get away to pray. Get away to pray. Remember the poem that, that, that God wrote that says, come away with me, my love. That's what God desires of you. That's what God desires of all of us. To come away with him. God desires your heart. God desires that you spend time in prayer, in communion, communion, in communication with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, just as Phineas risked his own life to save everyone, Jesus did the same. And when things were bad, Phineas prayed And you made Phineas a priest. And now because of what Jesus did on the cross, you say that we are made priests. In 1 Peter 2.9, that we are a royal priesthood. Help each of us to walk in that, to live that and reflect it to each and every person that we come in contact with. Remind us every day to have a point in time where we come away with you to spend time with you. Lord, continue to show us and teach us how to pray. Merciful, loving God. Father God who causes wars to cease, we plead for your mercy that you would put an end to this virus, to this pandemic that you would remove its power and that you would bring revival and repentance to this land 
than that it would move across this land, move across from this nation, from the, the east to the west, from the south to the north, and then moving around the world to other countries. We thank you for your holy word, for the sword of the Spirit. And we walk out of here into this new world with our shield of faith, our breastplate of righteousness, with the belt of truth, and the gospel shoes of peace. Lord, I ask that you would bring peace to these, to each and every, each and every one, Father God, and to all they meet. In Jesus' most holy name, amen.